0: This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on, jumping on uh, for my solo show for the week. Uh, I, I First, guys, I got to thank my listeners so much for, for what's happened this week for me. I mean, just... Uh, Monday morning, I had my interview with offensive co- with UConn offensive coordinator Nick Charlton, and uh, I posted that in the evening. And since that time, I've had well over a hundred streams of the episode, and it's just been it's been an amazing thing just to see the outpouring of support from Husky fans and and just college football fans in general. Um, I I hope that. I really hope that that episode opens everyone's eyes that aren't affiliated to UConn or fans of UConn. I hope it just opens people's eyes to see that that the Huskies are going to turn the corner. They are. I mean, they, they've got oh, a heck of a coaching staff and they got guys in there now who they're just going to work and they're just going to compete in the issue like i've been saying the whole time and like coach charlton said in the interview like the issue's been depth and this coaching staff did a heck of a job at 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 fixing that i mean of course it's it's not going to change overnight it's going to take a little time i mean but this this team and this program is very well headed in the right direction and and i really hope that that that, that interview showed that and I, I appreciate everyone's kind words that they've said to me of how well, good of a job I did and how comfortable I make my guests feel and everything. And that's something I pride myself on um, just because, I, one, I want the episode to be about my guest. I don't want it to be about me. <clears throat> I have my own shows like this to be able to do that. But this is never about me. It's about the sport that we're all passionate about and what we love and it's about a gift that God's given me, to, to portray that and to just get good interviews. I mean, I've been on both sides of it, as a coach and as a player. Like I understand what it means when you're getting interviewed and you're getting asked these questions. And I mean, some of these questions that reporters ask you are questions you really don't want anything to do with answering. That's why I try to be poignant and think about. The questions that I ask to the coaches and players that I have on my show, because as a as a coach myself, I'm not trying to get coaches to give me their schemes and tell me like X's and O's and what they're trying to do and their favorite plays and everything. I, I I'm not about that. I think I think fans appreciate when you can tell the passion that the coach has for the program and what he's doing and I think that that was on full display in that episode and I just have to say coach Charlton to me I mean he's a year older than me I mean he I think about what he's done already in his coaching career and I and I think about what I was able to do in my coaching career as well and just think about like being such a young coach, I was a head coach at 26, and he was a Division One head football coach at the FCS level at 30 years old. I mean, that is that's remarkable. I mean, to be able to do that, um, and he is a rising star in this profession. And I think he just just from the conversations I've had from him in the interview and outside of the interview. I mean, that this is. I mean, it, he, this is a, a coach who gets it. He understands his players. He knows what he needs to do to get the most out of his players, and he does it the right way. So I, I just – I think he is just a rising star in the profession, and I cannot wait to see what happens for him personally and the personal success he has in the future. But I, I, I cannot wait to see the success that this UConn Huskies program is going to have, not only this year, but in the future. And, and I hope you guys, like I said, I hope you guys see that and understand it, and just that it comes through um, <clears throat> in in the show itself. But with all that said, <clears throat> that happened on Monday. Then on Tuesday, I get a a message that is a potentially life changing, career altering um, opportunity and now i am and if you haven't seen on the podcast twitter account or follow me personally at coach underscore b will or the podcast twitter account at tnt college football one i am now working alongside the sideline sports network college football team i am helping run the the twitter account for the college football account there for ssn it's at SSN college FB, please go follow. And, and again, I'll be posting stuff on there daily. What does it mean for the podcast? It really means nothing for this, for my podcast, because I'm going to still keep doing what I'm doing. And, um, it's just hopefully more people see it and hear it now (laughs) because I have access to a lot more viewers now, but just, Nonetheless, I mean, just I'm so thankful for the opportunity that those guys there are giving me um, to be able to just do what I love to do and provide great content to college football fans everywhere and just interact with more college football fans. I mean, that to me, that's why I do this, because I'm passionate about I enjoy doing it. And I think you guys see that um, with with uh, the work I put out there, the content I put out there. So. Again, thank you so, so much to Sideline Sports Network and those guys for allowing me to to be a part of this um, and to just, uh, just uh, kind of see where this can go. I mean, I think the sky's the limit on what can happen now and uh, just really, really excited about this. And, and really in this episode, um, I'm just going to take the time to just – I wanted to say thank you to the listeners who have listened to – my Interview with coach Charlton. I wanted to thank sideline sports network for for what they're doing for me And then I'm going to a- answer some questions that I've gotten over the past week week and a half um, In the show here, so I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and get into those questions um, <clears throat> The first one being can I evaluate Stanford what has happened to their program? What is the future for David Shaw? I mean I've kind of talked about this a little bit and, and, and I've went into it on the, on the podcast Twitter account as well. I think Stanford has a huge issue with uh, the early signing period really hurts because of their academic requirements. Um, obviously their academic requirements are a lot more string, a lot more difficult than most FBS schools. So I'm, um, I, I think it really puts puts them behind the eight ball when it comes to that. Um, it, it's also very difficult for them to get uh, transfers um, just because of the requirements that they have, um, especially grad transfers. I mean, it's it's extremely difficult to get into, the, into Stanford, and we're seeing that now. With guys leaving, guys can't get in. Um, so it puts them behind the eight ball in a lot of ways. Um, and when I look at Coach Shaw, I look at – Somebody who is, he's obviously one of the highest paid coaches in college football. I think he's done an amazing job there because anybody that can win there for an extended period of time ha- is a good football coach because it's its one of the hardest things to do is win there consistently. <clears throat> I, I would absolutely, and I, I think I think at the end of this year he could be let go because I don't think they're going to be very successful this year. I think they might look in another direction, which I think would be foolish on Stanford's part, but for him personally, I think he might look elsewhere. Um, A place I would love to see him at, and I think he would thrive at, is the University of Michigan. I mean, he has Midwestern coaching philosophies to his core that would just be unbelievable at the University of Michigan. I think he would win at such a high level. And and you guys that listen to my show regularly know my thoughts on Jim Harbaugh. I grew up a diehard Michigan fan. I grew up to go going to Michigan games all the time. Like it was it, with with my father's connections to the university and just me being a diehard Michigan fan. It was something I did a lot of. I went there a lot. And and since Jim Harbaugh has went has. Join the scene again as the head coach my fandom for Michigan has Gone to the wayside for football. I will always be a die-hard Michigan basketball fan, but For football. I, I just I cannot stand the way he Acts I mean he's a good coach and he wins games He is he's a good coach and wins but his personality just rubs me the wrong way and I think he's very selfish and it's, he makes it about himself and not about the players. And I think it's only a matter of time before he leaves for the NFL. I know this year he flirted with it, and now he says that he's not going to, but he does it every year, so don't trust him. I think if he leaves and David Shaw comes on the scene, I really think Michigan can turn a corner. I really, really do, and I think he would just be absolutely amazing there. I think he'd be amazing at any Big Ten school just because he fits he – fits, that Big Ten persona, I think he would be great there. Um, uh, Next question, which college football assistants are most most likely uh, to earn a head coaching job? That one, that one I haven't, I I, I will say I haven't done as much research as I would like looking at that, Um, but I mean, if you look, if you look at um, like, I think Cincinnati defensive coordinator Mike Tressel has an opportunity just because of like his name alone. I mean, I think, I think that one jumps off at me when you look at coaches in the American Conference. Um, then when you look in the ACC, I mean, obviously the number one guy for the longest time has been Brett Venables. And I mean you you have to look at a Clemson offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator like Brandon Streeter or Wes Goodwin and you have to think like that there's that opportunity. Um, because I mean let's just think of the past couple of Clemson offensive coordinators that have gone on and done great things um, from coaching. So you kinda look at that and you just think like that there's there's an opportunity there. Um just uh, just with that there, um, a former assistant who I think is going to do really well this year, or not this year, but in the, in the future, is uh, Mike Elko at Duke. I think they're going to be really bad this year, but I think his trajectory is very high. Probably the number one guy, though, now that I think about it. I mean, it has to be Josh Gaddis, who's at Miami now. I mean, I think... I think that's a given uh, I think it'd be I think it'd be pretty crazy not to Another guy that gets his name thrown around Pittsburgh Offensive Corner coordinator, coordinator Frank Signetti Jr He was in the running for the UMass job This time around So I mean there's another guy that could get an opportunity If a Northeast school comes open I think that would be I think that'd be a guy that would That would make sense At, at a Northeastern school um, I, think, I think that's something that uh, he's obviously a a he has to be the right fit. Um, I think Derek Mason, who's the, now the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State, but I think he does he can get another shot. He was obviously at Vanderbilt for a while. He had some success, um, but I think I think he's going to have an opportunity potentially. Um, you, you can look at Texas offensive coordinator Kyle Flood if they have the success that they could potentially have um i think that's an opportunity there Um, obviously any of the coordinators at michigan you have to look at matt weiss sharon moore who are offensive coordinators defense coordinators jesse minter yeah i think if a mac job comes open those are guys that could potentially get the call um Kevin Wilson, the offensive coordinator at Ohio State, I mean, has to be on the – I mean, I know he's been a head coach, but he's got to be on the short list. I think Manny Diaz, he's now the defensive coordinator at Penn State, I think he's going to get another shot at some point. Um, whatever you your thoughts are on him or not, I think I think uh, he's got to be in the running. And then I think the next head coach at the University of Iowa is going to be offensive coordinator Brian Frentz. Um, so there's that too. I mean, you could go on and on down the list, but I think number one has to be Josh Gaddis, uh, who's at Miami now. I mean, that's the one who jumps off the page when you think about it. Um, that was that was the guy who was getting rumored for the Michigan job when Jim Harbaugh was uh, was flirting with NFL jobs. So I mean that 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 one only makes sense to me. Um, that, that's my thoughts on that. I mean of course any SEC coordinator especially at Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, LSU, I mean you, you name you can go down the line like obviously obviously those uh <clears throat> obviously will have an opportunity. Another question. I think this is a great question. Um what are what are my thoughts on Wisconsin this season? What do the Badgers need to do to overcome the Ohio State obstacle that plagues them? Like I said, I think this is a great question. I think Wisconsin. I've said this before. I think Wisconsin really needs a better quarterback play from Graham Mertz. I think that that comes. I think that's number one. I think if Graham Mertz even like <clears throat> comes close to living up to his high school recruiting rankings. Which we all know the recruiting rankings don't mean anything. But if he even comes close to living up to that, <clears throat> it can take Wisconsin to the next level. <clears throat> I think I think everyone's in agreement that Wisconsin has the potential to to be the best team in the West. And 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 I know there's a lot of people that are saying that they are. Uh, I'm personally a fan of Minnesota this year, but. <clears throat> They have Breeland Allen at running back who is – who's a stud. I mean, he's going to be a stud. Um, they're going to need a couple wide receivers to step up. <clears throat> and, obviously, we'll, we'll find out, I mean, where they're at. They go to Ohio State week, week four of the season. So, I mean, we'll find out where they're at right then and there. But the defense lost a lot this year. <clears throat> so, I think – I think the offense might have to carry the load for a little while. And that's going to come down to them controlling the clock with Breland Allen running the ball. But it's all, I mean, like I said, it also comes down to Graham Mertz has to hold up his end of the bargain too. I mean, he has to, he, he has to play better. He just has to, um, but as a whole, they have to find a way to get the monkey off their back with not just Ohio State, but other teams from the East. Like, they've struggled with Penn State. They've struggled with Michigan. I mean, so there's teams in the East, not just Ohio State, but, I mean, I agree, Ohio State definitely is the juggernaut, you would, you would say, <clears throat> but... Like I said, you gotta get better quarterback play first. It starts with that. I mean, you know Wisconsin's gonna run the ball well. Um, but they got they gotta do better in other places. Next question, who's going to be the third best team in the SEC after Bama and Georgia? Um, to me, it's it's the Arkansas Razorbacks. I, I firmly believe Arkansas is is that team this year. Um, I've had I had a great discussion with Joe Broback a couple weeks ago on the show, where he play compared KJ Jefferson to Cam Newton, and now like like him and I, like he was saying on the show, <clears throat> he doesn't we you don't want people to sit there and think like oh he's gonna be like Cam Newton the Heisman the national championship <clears throat> excuse me that's not the case <clears throat> the the comparisons are there just because of his his appearance and the way he plays i mean he the his run pass prowess is it, it's so comparable to cam newton it really is and i really really feel this arkansas razorback team has an opportunity to do something special i mean you look at their schedule they host cincinnati and south carolina to start the year i mean that's a tough way to start the year but they win both those games. They could be rolling. Then they get Missouri State. They play Texas A&M and Arlington. I think Texas A&M is drastically overrated coming into this season. Then they play Alabama on October 1st. I mean, if, if there's a team this year who could surprise Alabama in the SEC, I think it's Arkansas because of the way that offense plays. They spread you out so much that it, it makes it very, very difficult to defend them. I mean, looking at their schedule, they go to Mississippi State, to BYU, to Auburn, three weeks in a row. There, that's tough. Then they get Liberty, LSU, Old Miss, and at Mizzou. I think that there's an opportunity for them to go ten and two. I really, really do. I mean, I think this Arkansas team has an opportunity to be really good, and maybe even better than ten and two. I, I, I really do. If they're able to potentially Potentially beat Alabama in Week Five. I think I think something sets up really well for them. I mean, yeah, they got that three-week stretch of going to Mississippi State, to BYU, then they get a bye, but then they go to Auburn. So I mean, that's difficult. But then they host LSU and Ole Miss, so it really sets up well. And like I said, I think Texas A&M is drastically overrated, but I'm rolling with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, as the third best team in the SEC, I, I, I firmly believe that that team, that team can do some things. I really, really do. Um, next question: The ACC's three-three-five scheduling win- winners and losers. If if you haven't seen um, the ACC's new new alignment that they've done, um, just. Um, obviously the ACC has gotten rid of divisions like most of college football is talking about. Um, But the primary opponents, I'm going to go down the row here. I mean, I'm fine with getting rid of divisions. I am. I think that's okay. But I think they really drop the ball on some of these primary opponents. So you look at Boston College, their three are Miami, Pitt, and Syracuse. I I think it makes – Obviously makes a ton of sense for them to play Pitt and Syracuse, being the Northeast teams. And I and there is a history with them in Miami, so I get that. <clears throat> then you look at Clemson. They got Florida State, obviously the history there. Georgia Tech, which poor Georgia Tech. <laughs> and then NC State. Then Duke. I mean, this one makes perfect sense. North Carolina, North Carolina State, and Wake Forest. I mean, that's perfect. Florida State gets Clemson, Miami, and then they threw in Syracuse. I think they threw in Syracuse because they kind of felt bad for giving them Clemson and Miami. Um, Georgia Tech gets Clemson, Louisville, Wake Forest. I mean, I, no matter who Georgia Tech gets, I think it's going to be an issue. They're, they're Transitioning over from the triple option has been so hard for them. Louisville gets Georgia Tech, Miami, and Virginia. Miami gets Boston College, Florida State, and Louisville. North Carolina gets Duke, North Carolina State, and Virginia. NC State gets Clemson, Duke, North Carolina. Pitt gets Boston College, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech. Syracuse gets Boston College, Florida State, and Pitt. Virginia gets Louisville, North Carolina, and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech gets Pitt, Virginia, and Wake Forest. And then Wake Forest gets Duke, Georgia Tech, and Virginia Tech. Now, the first complaint I'm going to make here is why in the world are the four tobacco road schools just automatically not playing the other three? Uh, Like, okay, Duke has North Carolina, North Carolina State, Wake Forest. That's how it should be. But then North Carolina has Duke and NC State. And then Wake Forest only gets Duke. Like, I'm bothered by that. Like, I, I think for a Wake fan, you're excited because you look at it, and you play Duke, Georgia Tech, and then Virginia Tech. Like, I think... I think as a Wake Forest fan that intrigues you because Duke and Georgia Tech are so far off right now and Virginia Tech, it doesn't scare you right now. Now, I mean, obviously this is going into, the, this is from 2023 to 2026 that they've set this up. Um, and then you look at Virginia Tech with Pittsburgh, Virginia, and Wake Forest. I mean, I think for their sake, that's a little more manageable as well. Um, I th- I think the team that you that you look at and you're just like, man, like poor Georgia Tech. They got Clemson, Louisville, and Wake Forest. I mean, Clemson is Clemson. Louisville has recruited out of the woodworks. I mean, the way that they're recruiting right now is just out of this world. Um, Just tremendous job by them and that staff. So you look at that one and you're kind of like, holy smokes. Um, Then Wake Forest, I mean – They're so well coached And they've done such a good job there I mean I think Georgia Tech's the one where you're just like Man but I think no matter who Georgia Tech plays right now you're just gonna Kind of be like man that's That's rough I think But like, Like I said my main complaint is With With Wake Forest Only playing Duke They've played NC State for over 100 years Straight and now you're not going to play him every year. Like to me, that that's not right. It's not right at all. And to, to say that that's not one of the main rivals is absolutely ridiculous. That, that that's my two cents on that. I, I I don't. I just don't understand that one bit. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so that that that's my thoughts on that. Um. <clears throat> Another person asked me to break that down as well. Um. Here's here's a great one. I, I've that I've looked into a little bit. What does Arch Manning's commitment mean for Texas football? And they've gotten seven or eight, maybe even nine commitments at this point since his announcement. And he's actively texting recruits to convince them to come. Um. Obviously, obviously, his name carries weight. Um. It, he. I mean, he is a Manning. Obviously, it mean it means everything. Um, I've heard, I've heard that he's not going to take NIL, nil money so other players can get it. Um, obviously, he his family doesn't need it, but uh, which I applaud him for that. If that's the case, I do. But I also think that we need to calm down on the hype on him a little bit. Um, his high school numbers aren't jaw-dropping at all. Um, I understand his name and the pedigree and what he comes from and everything and just what it means to be a quarterback with that last name. I mean, the young man has a lot to live up to, that's for sure. I mean, his, both his uncles, his grandpa, I mean, are that three... Of, I mean, Peyton's one of the best ever. Eli's got multiple Super Bowls, and Archie changed the game. I mean, just... He's got a ton to live up to, and he's going to go into Texas next year with the competition with him and Quinn Yours. I mean, and I'm not sold on Quinn Yours either. So I mean, I I just kind of look at that with a grain of salt, just thinking like I'm not sold on on either of them as quarterbacks, to be honest. But but obviously his commitment has meant everything for Texas because. Obviously, they're getting commitments from all kinds of players. They're getting—they've gotten multiple five-star commitments since Arch Manning has committed. Um, I mean, it is going to be a game changer for them, and maybe Texas fans can finally say that they're back after a little bit. But I mean, time will tell. But again, I, like I said, I'm not as sold on him as uh, as others are. And that is the last question that I had um, that was submitted to me. Um, tomorrow, I have an interview with uh, Western Michigan defensive end Tyson Lee. Really, really excited about that. You guys know I love I love providing interviews and, and, and everything. Um, I love interviewing players um, just just because. To get the insight from them, um, just and, and and Tyshawn has a connection with a really good friend of mine who I had on the show previously, and uh, Kevin Lawson. So I, I'm really really excited to to dive into that because. Because Kevin's given me some great insight and questions to ask there, and you and you listeners have given me some great questions to ask him too. So I'm excited about that and and like I said, guys, thank you thank you, thank you so much for for listening continuously and for um, what this week has done for me personally. Um, it's only the beginning, and I'm gonna continue to bust my butt. And do as great as i can to provide you the best content that i can and just my opinions on everything um i hope you guys are excited for the upcoming season just like i am i'm i I cannot wait for week zero to get down to the university of illinois um, in Champaign, just a little over an hour away from where i'm at for for uh first game of week zero and then just to formulate my schedule from there Um, feel free to reach out to me personally at coach underscore B will or on the podcast Twitter account at TNT college foot one. Um, If you want to uh, set up an interview, set up anything like if if you're another podcaster, I'd love to join. I know I've set up a couple interviews recently to jump on some other shows. Um, I'd love to come on and talk about the upcoming season and, and just anything and everything college football, but also if you want me, if you want to set something up for me to attend your team's a game this year, I mean, I I have three games, three UConn games penciled in. Uh, well, two for sure, um, written in stone that I'll be going to the Michigan game and the Ball State game, and then i really, really want to go to the Coastal App State game, and and go, going down the list to some other games, just keeping all that open I'll be at a Western Michigan game um, as well for sure but again I feel feel free to reach out to me about setting something up there Um, I'm gonna I I potentially have another advertising deal in the works this is something I'm really really excited about we'll see how it goes but not gonna go into that in depth at all until it comes until it comes to fruition but Again, guys, thank you so much for everything that you do do for me personally, listening, asking questions and everything. Um, I always love it. Again, thank you guys so much. Have a good night. God bless.